Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so, but a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's word and thereby helping us to stay strong and grow stronger in our faith. Because as we keep emphasizing, the scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's word every day, even for this short period of time, helps us to stay focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. So help people in your life by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, asking the question, or or talking about rather, talking about things that we might not know about God. Well, have you thought about some things you might not know about God? Probably virtually everybody listening to these podcasts would say, well, I believe in God. Oh, I believe wholeheartedly in God. But there are things we would like to know about God, aren't there? But some things we may not think about that we would like to know about God. You know, uh, I, I imagine that probably a whole lot of us have, have wondered what, what would be the appearance of God if we could be right there with him understanding that God is not physical, he's spirit, but what would that, what would that appearance be if we could be there with him? We, we've probably wondered about that. Well, we'll have to wait until we get to heaven. Having lived faithfully and obediently before him in this life, this physical life, in this world, we'll have to wait till we get to heaven before we can see God face to face, so to speak. But what about some of the characteristics of God or the attributes, if we want to think of them that way? Well, we talked about how we asked the question, does God ever hurt? Well, no question about that. We talked about how in Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 21, for the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. And Genesis chapter 6 and verse 6, in the days of Noah, when God looked upon mankind as a whole, and the text tells us, The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Genesis 6 and verse 6. We also talked about how the very shortest verse in the entire Bible, I believe, certainly in all the New Testament, John chapter 11 and verse 35, Jesus wept. We read a couple of different accounts from Matthew chapter 23 and also Luke chapter 19 about how Jesus lamented, and that expresses sorrow over the city of Jerusalem. But that was simply a representative city of the whole nation of Israel because they had rejected him as their savior. And then in chapter 22 of Luke in verses 42 through 44, we read how Jesus on the night of his betrayal, the next day he would be on the cross He was in agony, praying in Gethsemane to God. And it says that great drops of blood, as it were, oozed from the pores of his skin as he prayed. My, my. Let's read one more. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. 
And here the Hebrews writer lets us know about God hurting. And of course, we're talking about Christ here, but Jesus Christ is God the Son. In verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 5, we read this, who, speaking of Christ, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death, he was heard because of his godly fear. Did you get that? With vehement cries and tears, he was praying to God. He was heard because of his godly fear. And the verse 8 goes on and says, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Which he suffered. Does God hurt? Well, yes. God hurts. He hurts for us when we are not living faithfully and obediently before him. And make no mistake, the obedience part is central to the faithful part. People talk about how they love God and they have faith in God. I know I keep saying that in these podcasts, but they are shallow in their expressions because so many of them, while they voice faith in God and love for God, they're not living obedient to God through his word. And that makes their faith empty, their statements of faith empty. Yes, God hurts. Again, in John chapter 11 and verse 35, when he was faced with the death of his friend Lazarus, Jesus wept. Well, does God get, ever get tired? You say, whoa, whoa. Yeah, and you might say, well, no, God never gets tired. Well, let's read about this. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 17. Speaking of the people of Israel again, and their wishy-washiness, their unfaithfulness at times, and then coming back to faithfulness, and then going back to unfaithfulness, and then going back to faithfulness, like a seesaw, like a teeter-totter kind of, a revolving door. (laughs) Listen to the text. You have wearied the Lord with your words. Hmm. Yet you say, in what way have we wearied him? In that you say, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or where is the God of justice? Again, Malachi 2 and verse 17. Isn't it interesting that... Well over 2,000 years ago, in fact, we're looking at around 2,400 years ago, we would read this statement, you have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, in what way have we wearied him, and that you say, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Is that not the exact statement that our society and culture mimics today? People who are living in outright sinful lifestyles, we're saying, oh, those, 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 those are good people in those lifestyles. 
Don't, don't denigrate them. Don't talk down. Don't call them sinful. Don't say it's wrong. Who are you to say it's wrong? God loves them. He delights in them. Exactly the same way the Israelites were doing way back in Malachi's day. And they were being rebuked for it. You have wearied the Lord with your words. God gets tired of our unfaithfulness, of our wishy-washiness. Everyone who does evil is good in his sight, in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. See, that's a statement that fits our cultural mindset today to a T. Do you think God doesn't get weary of such unfaithfulness, of such wishy-washiness in our spiritual faith today? What would be the difference? The Israelites in that day wearied the Lord with such words. And I would suggest to you without question that we must weary him today when we take up the same mindset as they did back then. Well, does God ever get angry? Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 7 and verse 11. God is angry with the wicked every day. Now, some of us, in our arrogance, would say, why would God get angry? God shouldn't be angry with the wicked. He should be loving them. He should be gracious with them. He should forgive them. No, God wants to forgive. Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance means I've changed my mind from the way I'm living right now, and I've made up my mind I'm going to turn away from that sinfulness, and I'm going to walk with God in faithful obedience on a consistent daily basis. That's repentance. But the very next verse says, but the day of the Lord is coming as a thief in the night in which the elements that exist will be burned. Well, he's talking about the destruction of the world in judgment from God. Does God ever get angry? We think we can thumb our nose at the righteousness, the goodness of God, and think it's okay when we live in outright sinfulness? Do you think somehow that we can hold God responsible for never getting angry with humanity when we live in such outright sinfulness? Remember Genesis 6 and verse 6, again, in the days of Noah, he was grieved in his heart at the sinfulness of mankind. God sent his son into this world to die on that cross because of our sins, our need for forgiveness. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5 and verse 8. And you think God has no right to be angry when we just discount that 
because of the way that we're living our lives in sinfulness before him? Does a parent ever get angry with a child that arrogantly disobeys, flagrantly disobeys their teachings, their guidance, their instruction? Of course it happens. Psalm 78, verses 21 and 22. Therefore the Lord heard this and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Again, Psalm 78, verses 21 and 22. Hmm. Angry? Psalm 7 and 11. Furious? Psalm 78, 21 and 22. Why? Because of mankind's sinfulness. Do you think he has no right to be angry with us today? When we live in outright sinfulness before him, disobedience, lack of faithfulness and dedication, we need to open our eyes and quit letting the devil blow smoke in our face and make us think that evil is good and sin is righteous. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to open our eyes. Help us to stop being deceived by the devil and help us to see our need to come to you so that you can rejoice in our faithfulness before you, Father. Help us to turn away from sin. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.